Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Evening, everybody. Uh, so this is my first time doing this as an elder. Um, and uh, depending on how the next 25 minutes goes, it may well be my last time. So uh, we, we'll see. Um, a male friend who I, who I can't name, but who is part of Ivy, in one of those real sort of brothers in Christ moments uh, a few days ago, said, Rob, I've been really praying for you. Um, you know, this week as you kind of get ready for Sunday evening. Um, and I've also been saving my most rotten vegetables as well. And um, so if in the next 20 minutes some festering sprouts uh, come from the back somewhere, then Dan Reeves, I know you're out there. So uh, we, we, we will see. Um, so this is a formal bit, you know, and the charity commission and company's house... Uh, like that we do this once a year, that um, as elders we come before you uh, as a church body, as members, and that we tell you where we're at as a church in terms of our finances. And we take some time to look back, and we'll look back in a minute to 2015-16, and then the current financial year that we're in, and then we'll also look forward uh, to 2017-18, And we'll look at some of the things that we think we have going on within the church that are significant in terms of how we spend the resource that we have because of many of you through what you give to the church. But then we'll also think about buildings as well and where we're at with that and and update you. So in terms of the finance update, just a couple of things from me to begin with really uh, that I think are significant. Coming into the role, firstly, um, I'm conscious that I'm following the inimitable Mike Ledger, uh, who is amongst us tonight. And um, Mike did an amazing job for nine years doing this. And I know we've said thank you before to Mike, but uh, you probably can't say thank you enough to Mike for all that he did. Um, So I just wanted to say that again. And Mike's a a guy uh, who I'm in a grow group with, who I respect a great deal. Um, My only problem with Mike is that when I said yes to being an elder, as soon as I said yes, Mike said, right, I'm off. (laughs) Um, Thanks. So, but I'm praying through that, which is important. Um, The other thing that uh, stands out for me coming into the role is that I'm conscious that as an elder, having responsibility around finance, that you have this really interesting mix, actually, around you've got to be really conscious and on top of the practical. So in terms of management accounts, dealing with auditors, working through projections around giving, but you've got to balance that practical with God and the spiritual and the theological in terms of what he wants to do through us as a church in the many different sites that we meet. And that's a really interesting mix, actually. And, you know, I see sort of administration and all the things that we do around money at Ivy, you know, very much as a ministry, and it's a gift, and people like Catherine and many other people do it fantastically well. But, but it's not the end goal. Hello, Dan Reeves. Uh, it isn't the end goal. You know, it's a tool for us accomplishing, accomplishing the mission of Christ in all that we do. And we can't lose sight of that in all of this. So I want to first, in terms of thinking about finances and where we stand, take us back to 2015-16, if that's okay. And this is a, a slide that just summarizes where we stood in terms of that financial year. And for those of you that are interested in finances, You might have seen a similar set of figures in the annual report that that came out recently. And this slide also includes the first fruits giving uh, for that year that finished in March 2016. And a couple of things for me to point out to, to you from this slide. 
Well, we ended up in a really strong position at the end of the year with a surplus of £168,000. But obviously a lot of that surplus was then being held for the work that we were then going to undertake on the worship space at the Didsbury site uh, that's now uh, Ivy Central. So that's important to, to bear in mind. You know, going back to 2015-16, for those of you that can remember it with great clarity, the team changed, the team grew in Ivy. We had people such as Marieva and Ben join us on, on the staff team. You know, the gifts and offerings through First Fruits that year at the end of March 2016 totaled £174,000. And we saw the mission partner spending that year increase in line with the overall growth within the budget that allowed us to support a lot of people both around the world and in the UK. Turning to 2016-17 and this current financial year that we're in, that from our perspective finishes at the end of March, a few things again to, to point out to you. A couple of things to begin with that sort of are in the detail of all that really, that don't come out through the figures but are really significant. You know, I'm struck by the overall, overwhelming generosity of people at Ivy who give, both regularly through standing orders, through the buckets on Sunday morning. But then there were times in this past year when without much preamble or preparation on Sunday mornings across different sites, people have just given to, to situations or to people that were really in need. I can think of one time we raised 2,000 pounds on that Sunday to help somebody that really needed it, that was in a real predicament. I can think of the time that we took over 7,000 pounds to help the work of Ivy Fuse in Partington. You know, these things are because of you all. And you know, I just wanted to stand before you tonight and say thank you for that. Another thing that happened was, as we were just bringing together the first fruits giving for 2016-17 and the previous year, Somebody helped us again with an additional amount of money for First Fruits that really allowed us, with our plans for the worship space at the Didsbury site, to really pursue the very best options in terms of what we wanted to do for that space and allowed us to have a real standard of excellence in all that we wanted to do. And again, that was really significant, and thank you. So what you'll see at the, at, with this slide in terms of our forecast so we had a budgeted position at the start of the year, but then taking in our forecast that takes us through to the end of March in, uh, next month, is that we're projecting that we'll have a surplus again of nearly £30,000 at the end of the year. And that is brilliant. And again, I want to say thank you for that. Just following Robert's point, I don't work in the NHS, I work for a large national children's charity and I think, you know, I think we're pretty good at what we do, I think we're quite a successful organisation and we have many great supporters, but we're facing a really tough time at the minute because outside the external climate, financially, it's a really challenging one. You know, I met with a uh, a chief exec of a Greater Manchester local authority last week who was telling me how for this next year they've got to take another lot of tens of millions of pounds out of their budget. But for us here at Ivy, because God is absolutely in the centre of what we do, it's amazing to be able to come before you and report on figures like that and to sum up our financial position. And thank you. Of course, Part of how God has blessed us then is through how people give at Ivy. And this next slide then sums up, again, shows a picture of over how, over how, the, over how the past couple of years people have been giving more and we've had more people give through online giving. And this is great news and it's great to have new people coming into the church across our different sites who commit to God through their finances. And again, thank you for that. And as elders, I think we think this gives us a really strong foundation from which to build and think about uh, how we move forward. And you know, there are many great people at Ivy who behind the scenes do great things and not a lot of people know about actually. And at this point, I'd just like to say thank you to, to Jeff Luckhurst, to Gordon Brown and Dave Clayton, who are our counting team. Annette, who after all the services on Sunday uh, helped pull together uh, the bucket giving and properly account for that. So could we just say thank you to the counting team.
So because of how people give at Ivy, because of all this online giving, because of the buckets that are filled every Sunday uh, across the different sites, we're then able to reclaim gift aid from the government through, through that giving. And a few things that I'd like to say here, if that's okay, around this. Um, so gift aid is a really important component of our budget at Ivy. You know, last year uh, we reclaimed about £175,000 through gift aid, through your giving. You know, a really significant figure. And you'll see on the slide that, you know, for those of you who perhaps are here tonight and who don't do, uh, who are taxpayers and who aren't currently giving through tax um, through gift aid but are thinking about it, there's a few practical steps there about how you can. And it makes a great deal of difference in terms of how we can then plan our income for the church and what we do with that resource. However, we also recognise that as a growing church that actually there's more work that comes around actually reclaiming that gift aid in terms of all the processing and inputting that goes into that. And, you know, we've come to a position within the, within the church team, within the staff team, that we've recognised that it's actually really difficult going forward just to ask one person to have all that, all, all that responsibility, even such an awesome person as Gerald. Where are you, Gerald? So we've, uh, we've therefore asked Tim Burr, uh, the self-titled spreadsheet king, apparently, <laughs> to take on more hours to uh, help oversee this area. But over these next few months, in terms of having a transition phase, uh, Gerald is going to continue to act as our sort of gift aid guru, if that's the right title, uh, to help Tim and all the team uh, to, to pull things together. And I think the slide that's uh, up now is, I can't quite believe this figure actually, uh, you know, we want to say thank you to Gerald for all that you have done, who I think since about 2002, certainly this figure relates to 2002 up to now, we've worked out with the help of our auditors that through Gerald's hard work, through gift aid, we've been able to recoup about £1.2 million. So Gerald... We want to say thank you tonight to you. So could you come forward, please? Is that okay? <laughs> thank you very much. So we have a small token of appreciation for you. It's not a cheque for £1.2 million, pounds, unfortunately. It's a time. So Catherine, who many of you will know, who helped run our finances, looks after everything, uh, has got various things. Thank you. Is there anything that you would like to say? Yes, I'll, I'll, yes, yes. Well, actually, you... <laughs> would you like a microphone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on, we're on, we're on the clock. <laughs> on the clock, right. <laughs> Well, actually, you're a little bit wrong because I did start doing oh, gift yeah. aid a long, long no, time before that. <laughs> I've got a page full of notes, but it's double spacing, so don't worry. <laughs> actually, I, I've looked up, I keep a diary, I've kept a diary for years, and I looked up exact date when I was appointed as the church treasurer. And it was, believe it or not, 25th of July 1996. Uh, by the Ivy Executive, I took over from Ian Huskinson, who is now with the Lord. Well, I'm not planning to do that just yet. <laughs> and uh, almost immediately, the HMRC, in their kindness, decided they would audit our gift aid and covenant. This was a big shock. Anyway, a little bit soon after that, uh, Anne Dickinson, who was going to train, decided she was going to go on the mission field, and she was doing the gift aid, and so she handed over the gift aid and the covenant They've changed a lot of gift aids. Covenants have gone completely, which is a good news, good thing, because they were a bit faffy, and we, the, the auditors picked up one little item about it, but we sorted it all out. Uh, so um, I, I took over from Anne, and I've done it ever since, which is nearly 20 years. So I think that figure is probably... I, I was trying to say, thinking how much would claim, and it's, it's over a million. That's incredible. I wish I got a tenth of it. <laughs> 
let, let me say what a terrific privilege it's been doing, doing this gift over the years and years and years. Um, because you see what everybody gives, and some of the, some of the, 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 the givers are incredibly generous, they're fantastic uh, generous. Uh, the, the, and, and, you know, we, that's, that's, that's only uh, three, three quarters. Another three times is what actually we've given or claimed on gift aid. And I find it very humbling to see the sacrificial giving because uh, some people, they're not big givers, but I keep asking, Are you, what about giving, paying tax? Don't pay tax. And, and so they must be very, that's a real widow's mite. And I find it very humbling. Uh, that not, not the big, well, the big givers are fantastic, but the, the medium low givers that aren't taxpayers, and there are some of those, uh, it's, it's fantastic. And it's a challenge to everybody. Um, and as, as, as you've already mentioned, uh, gift aid has grown especially in the last few years while we've expanded and are in Cine World. And every year we get more and more money from HMRC. Bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I must say, that at the, the beginning of every year, Catherine, the counting team, and I, we have a little bit of a, a throb because there's a vast amount of work to be done at the beginning of the year to get the, um, get the, get the first fruits done. But uh, that's, that's I was £190,000 last year. It'll be something similar this year, I'm sure. And it's incredible, the generosity of people at Ivy. And I found it such a blessing and a challenge and a thrill to see the, uh, the, the, the way that people give money. I often, when I sit, go, go sit down at Cine World, I look all around and there's lots of faces there. And, and I've got all this great list, long list on the spreadsheet of all people and given. Some of them are really nice names. I think, I wonder who they are. <laughs> Oh, but uh, they're very generous, uh, so many people. And uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by these it's interesting names that some people have got, lovely names. Now, I must say, I don't get anything for this, but, well, that's not true. There are a few perks with the job. You'd be interested to know. For instance, I get a large supply of rubber bands. <laughs> because every time all the gift aid envelopes come to me, they're in, they're in lots, lots and lots of rubber bands to separate them all out. And I must admit, I keep some of those rubber bands. So I've got quite a lot at home. <laughs> and, and the other thing, I, I, the other perk I get is that I get a large supply of A5 blank paper sheets. Don't get it anymore now, because when I used to copy the, uh, the bank statements when they came from the bank, uh, I, used to, I used to photocopy them and cut them in half, and one half was blank, so I keep that, and the other one goes into the, into the, into the archives. <laughs> so there are, there, there are two perks. And the other perk is, is to work with dear Catherine. I, I look on her as, a, <laughs> as my younger daughter. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's, uh, she's super efficient and she needs to be as well. So one of the problems I've got is uh, it exercises my mind as this job because deciphering some of the names and the writing on the gift aid envelopes, it, it, I think there must be Egyptians, I mean, hieroglyphics. Um, they're totally un and, 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 un un ineligible. People, it's amazing how, how scruffy people can write. But I must, I must say that some doctors are the neatest writers. I'm not going to name them, but some doctors are very good. Very good indeed. So um, I would like to make a special thanks. Well, they've already been mentioned, the, the counting team. If they weren't so super efficient, which they are, it, my job as a gift aid administrator would be impossible. But they do a super job. And the other person I'd like to thank is Pete Grove. Because uh, I, was, I was using an Excel spreadsheet for many years, and Pete said to me, I can improve on that. So he put on, um, he put on macros and pivot tables and all sorts of fancy things like that. And uh, I was talking to some very clever person who was here tonight, and he said, I don't, ever use, don't know what pivot tables are. So uh, but Pete Grove knows all about them. So he's, and I understand Tim is a, is a whiz on, on Excel spreadsheets, which is good. 
So um, a plea, when Tim takes over, please write clearly. Please use your unique personal IM, IM number. So I've been doing this job for 20 odd years, so I think it's time to retire gracefully. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bless you. Where's your box going? Oh, Captain got your box. Oh, it's gone. Thank you. We're just a bit perturbed to see that Gerald's box of goodies is gone. Oh no, there it is. Thank you. So, yeah. So I'm going to try and get through uh, the remainder of my slides in double quick time, but just uh, one, not because of Gerald, but because I've been wittering too long. But uh, the final slide, just in terms of this current year and just sort of accounting for, for what we've had, is around First Fruits, which has already been uh, mentioned tonight. And just wanted to kind of reflect on the giving from last year and sort of where that has been apportioned to. And uh, I'm not going to go through the pounds and pence, but you'll see the pie chart gives you a sense of, obviously, the bulk of giving for last year through First Fruits has gone on the refurbishment of the worship space at Ivy Central. Uh, but then also, we've been able to, as elders, support other things too, including the building projects, for example. Uh, some of that has gone to a pastor in North Manchester who's doing amazing work, actually, but literally doesn't have a building uh, to meet in or to own where he can take that work forward. So that's something that we feel that we can make a real difference and show support to for him. And then also we've been able to, to show support then to work overseas, such as in Haiti. I want us to move on to buildings, if that's okay. Um, and God's provision. And actually many of you will have been uh, recently at that worship space at Ivy Central in Didsbury, and hopefully sort of reflecting on the renovation work, being really positive about it, enjoying it, sort of the improved facilities. And I think we're really excited that we have this refurbished resource for sort of the decades ahead, really, in terms, in terms of doing God's work uh, in Didsbury, but also wider through sort of the training and equipping that we can do as a church. So it was great to sort of have that celebration uh, a couple of weeks ago, but then also we've been thinking about what comes next. And I know that in Ivy history, you know, I've been coming to this church um, since about 2001 and two, and we've had various iterations of thinking about how best do we use the space in Didsbury, and as we grow as a church, you know, what do we do? And I think, you know, as elders, we come before you and ask for your prayers. Uh, your continued prayers in this as we sort of think through where we're at. You know, I think as we sort of see the church moving forward and the vision for the church, you know, we recognise that, you know, there are, there are strong roots that sort of bring together everything that goes on at Ivy and the different sites, all that goes on on Sundays across different sites, all that goes on in, in the week. And that, you know, we see Ivy Central as being sort of the centre of that wheel in terms of all those spokes that connect out and then come back to support that work going forward. And so we're thinking through, we're praying through what does that mean then in terms of the, the space that we have at Barlamore Road. Um, and, you know, we ask for your support around that. And, you know, some of this is about dreaming and sometimes dreaming big and being ambitious and this next slide, this is just something I put together last night. It's just a quick sketch. Um, it's during match of the day. It took me 20 minutes or so. But, you know, we're really thinking about, you know, what this could look like, how, how big it could be. And, you know, as a church body, I think as elders, we're saying we're a long way towards having anything like this nailed down. We will come back to you at the right time in terms of when we have something more concrete no pun intended, to say to you. But, you know, we're really trying to sort of get to grips with this at the minute. So in terms of the 2017-18 budget, uh, a few things to say. You know, 
the budget, it's coming back to that practical point. point. It's a practical document that allows us to plan uh, as a team going forward, but also it's a statement of faith about how God will equip and resource us all to do the work in the next year. So there are a few things I'd like to quickly highlight, if that's okay. About 42% of the budget uh, is the staff team. And here you'll see some fine-looking people, uh, I'm sure we'll all agree, who are new onto the team. Uh, not you, Tim. Um, in terms of who've come new onto the team in, in the last year. So we have Chris Jackson, who helps with the children's work. Hannah Bettany, who leads uh, the site here in Sharston. Tim and Ollie, who lead Ivy Fallowfield. And Matt Round, who leads the uh, sports work. So it's great to have them come onto the team and as they get into to their roles and take, take that work forward. The next slide also recognises that, you know, as a church, we're expanding, we're growing. Coming back to that point of trying to have the centre and then the hub and spokes that wrap around it, really. You know, we recognise that we want to more effectively model how those sites could have come together and grow, and from a budget perspective, have some clearer lines of accountability in terms of what resource goes where, and making sure that that's properly accounted for. So that's something that we want to do in the next year. Mission has already been mentioned tonight. You know, it's a big part of what we do. I spent New Year with a friend in Reading who's the, he chairs the PCC, the Parish Church Council of the, his church in Reading, a Church of England uh, church. He couldn't believe it that, you know, in terms of our budget, that over 20% of our budget went to mission, you know, both in the UK and overseas. Uh, he, was, he was sort of, um, couldn't quite get his hand around it. He said it's a good thing, but uh, he couldn't quite get his head around it, actually. You know, so in, for the budget for this year, sorry, for next year, for 17-18, we're planning on about 23% of our budget going to, to support mission partners. And you'll see on the slide uh, a few things to highlight from this past year, moving into next. We have a network called Ivy Global Connect for mission partners that really helps sort of bring people together. The year of equipping, we were able to support short-term mission which we felt was a really important thing to do. We've also had new mission partners come on, such as No Place Left and Fusion, which we think is a great thing. As part of our mission, we also have the link to New Thing, and we're really pleased to have as part of the church the residents, uh, Manny and Cecile Barbier, and Beatrice Smith as well. And it's, the final part of the budget then is around other, uh, which is about 35%. And that other is um, our buildings, our ministry work, and our operations. Um, a few things to highlight from here, if that's okay. So we're really pleased and, and great and wanted to say thank you to Pete Edwards, who I know is here tonight, for that link to WTC. You know, that's a real... Uh, important part of, of the church's ministry going forward. Um, we have the freelancers who do great things who have come onto the team, such as Jenny, who we heard about before, Andrew Phillips, Sam Bloomfield, and Andy Bradburn. They do great things. And so my final slide around the budget for 2017 is actually saying, you know, it, it's a picture of growth, actually. And there's stretch within this, and we recognise that as elders. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of thinking or praying through in, in terms of the resource that we think needs to go against all the activity, that the budget is going to be about £1.1 million, and that will represent growth of close to 15% in terms of what we do. And so we do recognise the stretch in this, but we recognise that we have a strong foundation on which to build in terms of how God has equipped and resourced us so far. And, you know, we want people across all sites of Ivy to give their first and best to God. And, you know, I think for myself, I'm challenging myself here as much as anybody else. And I don't see this solely as an elders thing or an Ivy staff team thing or one, a one-site thing. This has to be a shared goal and objective in terms of our work going forward. 
So the very, very final slide then is in terms of what happens next around our budget. So at the end of this week, as members, you can make a request to Catherine through the email that's up there to see the budget in more detail. And that can uh, be sent to you and you will have a chance to have a look at that and study it. On the 16th of February, we'll come together and have a meeting where for those of you that have an interest in this and perhaps want to ask more questions or have comments, we have the opportunity to do that. And then we take a vote amongst the membership about mid-March and more information will come out about that in due course. And moving through that process, getting to a point of approval, will then move into the new financial year uh, in the, on the 1st of April, moving into 2017-18. So that's it, folks. That's finance and buildings. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Gerald and everybody else that does such an amazing job. And over to Anthony. I have to say, when Mike said he was going, and then he said, but it's going to be all right, we've got Rob Jackson. I was, I was like, really? <laughs> no, I'm only joking. It was like, we've got Rob Jackson, and how fantastic. Yeah? And Mike actually said to me, I think it's time, actually, I think God's going to bring somebody else who'll be able to bring like a different voice into the finances as we're going forward, and that's what we're going to need going forward. And as often, annoyingly, Mike was 100% right. <laughs> so, uh, what, can we just, you know, it's a lot of work that's just gone into that. That represents so much work. Could you just show your appreciation, please, for Rob? Brilliant. Just to wake yourself up, have a stand, have a stretch, turn to the person next to you and high elbow them or high five them or something. Okay, that's enough fun. Let's uh, have a seat now. We're getting official. Brilliant. Okay, let me read to you from the Bible. Hopefully that'll get people quiet. Okay, ready? Acts chapter 2. Let me read this. The community continually devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, life together, common meals and prayer. Everyone around was in awe of all the wonders and signs done through the apostles. All the believers lived as one, holding everything in common. They sold what they owned and pooled their resources so each person's need was met. They were unified as they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple or at home over a meal of joyful celebration. They praised God and enjoyed the favour of the people and every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. Last year, the year of equipping was intended to get everybody here, everybody who calls Ivy their home, finding their place to fulfill their purpose. So did you? Did it work for you? Did you engage with it? I hope so. Are you equipped for acceleration? Because the way I, that I was praying about this, the picture I got was like a rocket and how you have that kind of ladder thing, whatever it is next to it that holds it there. And then that kind of falls away for the acceleration of the rocket coming. And I think that last year, in all kinds of ways, was, was God building some structures around us and strengthening some of that in order for him to be able to accelerate us into this year. Ready for blast off. Ready for acceleration. Ready for God to accelerate his promises to us personally as individuals and collectively as a group of churches, Ivy Church, as a network of churches, to rise up in his power. And the clearest picture of what that could look like, and we come back to it, you know, as a church leader, I come back to this time and time again, is the picture of the church there in the book of Acts. See, across our sites, we don't compare churches. It's not about how is the fuse doing against how Sharston's doing against how Mersey Bank is doing or whatever. We don't do it like that. We're one church in many locations. If you were here last year, you'll remember we talked about redwood trees. 
and there's these roots underneath the surface that connect everything. And, and you could come to Ivy Sharston and think that's Ivy, but Ivy uh, Sharston only is because it's connected and it's connected to Ivy Central and it's connected into Ivy Kingsway and all these different ways we're connected together. So we, we don't compare like that. We also, we don't compare with other churches. We don't compare with other churches in the city. There are some great churches here in Manchester and we don't compare with them of how they're doing versus how we're doing. We want to partner with them. We, we don't compete, we want to complete with them. That's why we just gave tens of thousands of, away to another church in the city. Because there's one church across the city. That's why we want to, we want to cheer on and celebrate all kinds of things that God is doing in, through churches and through church people and all these different kinds of things that we're doing. There's some that we, that we know Churches that effectively would admit they're struggling in some ways and we want to partner with them too. We want to, we want to help, we want to encourage their leaders and train and equip them too. Because if they win, the kingdom wins. And it's only together we become part of something so much greater and we, we get to complete a picture of the body of Christ here in the city for the nation, for the kingdom. For people to be able to find their way back to God. So we don't compare with other churches. No, if I'm ever going to assess how we're doing as a church, there's only one church that I want to compare against. It's the church that Jesus said he would build. He said he would build a church that the gates of hell would not prevail against. He would build that church. Because when Jesus was planning how to expand the kingdom of God and to, to invade the earth with it, how he would bring that gospel message in such a way that, that everybody would have opportunity to be able to hear it and make a response to it that he would fulfill the Father's dream, that he would himself come to earth and that he would, through his life and death and message and resurrection, bring hope to everybody here on the earth. And even after his physical presence left, when he spiritually was to go, the way in which he said that he would do it was that he would, he would build a church. He would take a group of ordinary people, mixed up, messed up people like us, he didn't, he didn't found an army, he didn't found a university, he didn't start an institution, he didn't start a business, he didn't even write a book. He founded a church and he left it with us and that was plan A and there is no plan B. He called them to come to him and to be with him and to go for him. That's church right there. Anything else is an optional extra and in fact a lot else is unnecessary. Jesus at the centre of a community. People come to be with him and then they be with him and they be with each other and then they go for him. That's it. Knowing, growing, going you could call it. Come to Jesus, be with Jesus, be with one another and then go for Jesus. But actually you never just go for Jesus because he says when you go I'm coming with you. So it's be with him as you go. You see, in the Gospels, people would come to Jesus. He would call people to come to him and then those who responded to that call would find that their sins had been forgiven. They'd discover a purpose for their life that they, they thought they would never have before. They discovered who they were meant to be and who they could be because of the power that came into them when they met with Jesus. And then they would learn together, pray together, argue together, forgive together, eat together, share together live together, be with one another. And then they went for him and he commanded them and he said, and I'm going to be going with you. It's like my presence is going to go with you. And, and then they saw that they could do the same kind of things that he did. And then he said, there's going to come a day when I'm not going to be here, but that's better for you. It's better for you that I'm not here when that happens. Because actually that's when you're going to discover that you can do things incredibly greater, and I don't even know what that means, greater than the things that I'm doing. When they failed at times, he would say it's okay and he'd help them, they would be with him. When they got discouraged, he'd be with them. He'd give them all the power that they needed. He'd give all the resources, all the miracles that were needed. He would be with them when they had something to celebrate. He would be with them when they had something to commiserate over. He would do some, when they did something right, he would be with them. When they, they, they made a mess, he'd be with them. And by the way, is anybody else thrilled at what we heard? Because actually a, a figure that hasn't come up yet on any of the things, it was up there, 
but it was just there as the first one on the, uh, on the annual report, if you download it, was that in terms of actual physical response of, of somebody standing up front, which doesn't happen in lots of churches, but there's somebody saying, does anybody here want to give their life to Jesus tonight or today? If you do, please put up a hand so that then we can pray with you and you can make a physical response and then we'll give you a free book and we'll, we'll pray with you and encourage you to take the next step on your journey. That last year, uh, across the different Ivy sites, 241 people did that. <laughs> 241 people said publicly, and yeah, there's, I don't know where all of those people are, maybe they're not all here tonight, but it meant something to them. For them to be able to say, I want to come to Jesus, please. 241 people. That's what we're about, helping people find their way back to God. So somebody would say, well, why do you count that? Why do we count? Because people count. People count. People are important. It's an important number to make note of. And so we do it every week. When we have a staff meeting on Tuesdays, we say, did anything like that happen this week? Has anybody got a story of anything that they want to share so you can encourage the rest of us? Did any, you know, and we say, oh, we had, we had three people who, who, who did that. And we, and we celebrate those stories because that's what we're about. It's an important number to make note of. We have lots of numbers. We've had lots of numbers tonight. I wonder what you think is the most important number. I wonder what's the most important number to God. See, there's all kinds of different ways when you're looking at a church that you can look at the numbers. To, to find out if you think people, things are doing well or struggling or whatever, you can count things like attendance. You can count how many marriages did we help. Because, you know, Ivy does things sometimes like helping people to find counselling and stuff like that. How many... How many how many did we do that with? About how many young people have been discipled? How many children are in the groups? These are all amazing things for us to be able to count and celebrate, aren't they? What's the most important number? Maybe you have a preference. Maybe there's things you count and they're not on here. Maybe you're like, you know it was a good one. You count how many worship songs we did. <laughs> and like, that's a good service because we had lots or whatever. Maybe how long the talk lasts. And you have an opposite number for that. Well, every time I say a number, if you find it exciting tonight, I would, I'd love it if you thank God for it. And I don't just mean, hmm, I mean, yay! I mean, whoop! I mean, some cheering. I mean, some, isn't that, fun? you know, this is, after all, the annual gratitude meeting. And it's all right to express gratitude, isn't it? And even if you're watching on Facebook Live at home, because you couldn't be here, you can whoop in the comfort of your own home. And I'm praying for every one of those 241 people who put their hands up. And so grateful for every one of the 50 who did the Alpha course. I'm praying they all get stuck in and find out what being with us means. That they roll up their sleeves, they get involved in community, they join together here at Ivy in some way and find their place to fulfil their purpose too. And that they come and in some way they want to serve alongside us like the 45 new members that there were last year. That's amazing. We've never had that many members, new members in a year. Some of you, we talked about it before, we're here for the baptism services that we've been here. They are highlights of my year together with this. They are amazing meetings. And last year we saw 37 baptisms and we clapped and we cheered and we heard these amazing stirring stories of life change that only Jesus can do. All these, all these life changes that at the end of it you could only say only Jesus could do that. Nobody else could do that. Nothing else could change a life like that. And how does that number compare with other churches? I don't care. Because I don't compare with other churches. We compare with that church in the book of Acts that we read about earlier. A community of fully sold out believers who had come to Jesus and then made their life all about being with him and being with one another. With the Holy Spirit right at the centre and then going for him. And the Lord added to their number, number, Daily, it says. So the numbers in that church are actually staggering when you add it up, and you can do as you look through the Bible. God was adding people, and then he went into multiplication of disciples. So just 120 disciples when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Then it went to 3,120 after Peter preached. It's pretty good, isn't it? Then another 5,000 men, it says, in Acts 4. So we're looking now at 10,000 with men 
uh, sorry, with women as well and kids as well, about 10,000. And by Act 6, you're at roughly 25,000. That's growth in one city. And this was never a go-to church thing, by the way. It was never a come-to-church church. That's why it kept growing. Because it wasn't just about go to church there. It wasn't just come to church. Would you like to come to church? It wasn't like that. By Acts 21, they say in Jerusalem, they're talking to Paul, they said, do you know how many myriads of believers there now are in this city? That means multiple thousands. That means maybe up to 100,000 in one city. And at the same time, it's spreading out across the empire too. That's very important for us to understand because the Holy Spirit, you see, did not at some point, some time in church history say, okay, now we're going to think about a different way of being church. Another way of thinking about church. From now on, it's not, a, it's not a, a people who come to Jesus, be with each other and go for him. From now on, it's just, just come to church. That's all we want. That's all heaven expects. Just a place you can go to and blend in and you never have to serve, you never have to find your place, you never have to really give, you never have to know anybody even. You can come in, read your little book, stand up, sit down at the right places and leave just the same. That's a come to church. And it's a pale imitation of the reality of what Jesus wanted to bring and what the Holy Spirit was poured out for. And that church actually is dying and do you know what? It needs to. So the real thing can emerge. And we're in the generation that's going to see it. The church we compare ourselves against, they devoted themselves. Nobody else can devote you. They devoted themselves to the teaching and fellowship. And that word fellowship sounds a bit religious to us, but actually it's a fabulous word because it's all about being with people. Really being with them, sharing ups and downs and highs and lows and tears, joys, celebrations. They devoted themselves to that. Have you done that yet? Or do you just, do you just come to church? Devoted themselves is talking about a serious level of commitment to community. And I love that with so many people... This year, they deepened their be with commitment. And the way that they did that around here was that they joined one of our 46 grow groups. Nine of them new groups. That's amazing. Because they realised life change happens best, not when you're sitting in rows like this and looking at bald spots. <laughs> but when you're, when you're face to face. In small groups, that's when life change really happens. And I love it that we've got things like recovery group that have taken place and continue to, to help people and, to, to, and you know, people like Lorna and Darren who lead that faithfully week by week. It's amazing, incredible, deep community, real, honest Christianity that's being worked out in those groups. See, the church we compare ourselves actually was crazy generous. It says they had all things together in common. That's amazing. They helped out anyone in need. They sold stuff, shared their belongings to do so. That's a high bar, isn't it? Last year, Ivy, we've heard, you gave away over £188,000 to mission partners at home and around the world to help to spread the gospel. That's fantastic, isn't it? 188,000. And I'll add on to that the 145 Haitian kids that some of you support through Compassion that don't even make it on our books. That's just something else we do. And I know lots of you sponsor children and do all kinds of other things on top of that too. It's amazing. 45 new individuals or couples last year made an incredibly important be with spiritual commitment as they counted 45. They looked at their personal finances and they, you know what they said? They said, count me in. That's really what it says. Count me in. It says, you can count on me. That's why we count that number. I'm grateful for everybody who said, count me in. Because we count on you to be able to do everything that we're going to do. So people said, count me in. I'm going to make a faith step. I'm going to commit to give regularly and generously 
here at Ivy. You can count on me. And that matters so, so much. So everybody who does that, thank you. Especially those new people who did it last year. Thank you so much for doing so. Because we can only make plans based upon what you plan to give. We don't just take a flyer on those kind of numbers. That wouldn't be responsible. Instead, we look at what people are giving and then we base our budget based on that. So the more people give, the more we can do. And the more people are giving, the more we can do. So first fruits, actually, this time of year is a great time for us to be able to, to assess that and to be able to, to think about it. And, and, you know, some of you maybe haven't yet had a ch chance to do the first fruits. If you want to do that tonight, somebody already mentioned this to me, fill it in tonight and at the end just put it in this bucket over here to be able to do that. But first fruits isn't just a one-off thing at the beginning of the year. The idea is you're saying to God, I want to give you first, I want to give you best. And as a sign of that, I'm doing this. It's not instead of that, I'm going to do this. Can the rest of us count on you this year to be able to give regularly, generously? Have you filled out a form? At the end, um, Rob and Catherine are going to be around there with those clipboards. If you've not already done this and it's something that you'd like to do, Fill in a form to be able to be a regular giver. Decide on what it is for you. Nobody's going to come along and, and, and give you advice as to how much it needs to be. You need to talk to God about that. But you fill in a form to become a financial partner here at Ivy, like those 45 extra people did, or individuals or couples last year. Do it tonight if you love the vision of this church. Do it tonight if you love this church. That's a really important number because it leads towards setting the numbers for the year of acceleration. Last year, we kept the expenditure down, but the generosity up. And the Lord blessed us so that in an unbelievable way, with the provision actually over 1.1 million pounds, together with the first fruits, as we heard, which is like another, what? With a surplus that we just heard from Rob, plus, I mean, this figure, 198,000 pounds for first fruits was amazing last year, wasn't it? That enabled us to do that work, as we've heard at Ivy Central, with such excellence. It's breathtaking. People come in here and go in there and go, wow, what an amazing building this is. What a great place for us to be able to do even more. Marriage courses just started up in there. It's fantastic. The other day they were in there training people to do outreach on the streets, all kinds of different things. It's, it's amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are those, are, are those important numbers? Yes. I wonder what's the most important number. Are you numbered with that committed core group of people who regularly give? Have you filled in the form? Are you doing the gift aid thing if you can? Because it just makes sense. It doesn't cost you anything to take the time to be able to do that. But if you're paying tax, please do that. Talk to who you need to. Talk to yourself. Have a word with yourself if you need to. But get and fill in the form. So that you're saying, I'm going to be with you and we're going to go together into this. Maybe like me this year, First Fruits was also a time, me and Zoe, we reviewed our finances as lots of people do at this time of year. And we said, actually, we want to give more to Ivy regularly for us to be able to do that. So we changed it up and we're counting on God to supply our needs according to his riches. And you know what? He's faithful and he does that. So I'm saying in that you can count on us, count us in. We're partners together in this. Some of you just want to know where the first fruits is up to for this year, don't you? You're like, well, get on with it, Anthony. Never mind all this. <laughs> and I love this even more. Actually, I'll tell you why I love this even more. Because this isn't as much. But to me, it's more. Because it isn't about a building. Last year, we were focused. We could say, it's for that. Do you know what this is for? Love. That's what it is for. It's like, it's like that woman who came and just poured out that alabaster jar on Jesus' feet and just said, I just love him. I just love him. I just want to give to him because he's done so much to me and he's so good. I just love him and I want to give something to him. That's what this first fruit is. We've not been able to say, it's going to do this, it's going to do this, it's going to do this. We've just said, do you want to give? I think for many people, it's just a sacrifice of praise because you love Ivy, because you love the vision, because you trust the leaders. That means so much to us. That that's why you've been so generous. You're just saying, we want to give first to God. We want to give best to God. So this is the total so far. This was up to Friday. Some people put it in today who were aware of you. This is a pre-gift aid too. Thank you, Lord, for gift aid. The figure is 69 pence. 
No, no, that's not all of it. But thank you forever gave that widow's mite. 31 pounds, 69 pence. Uh, no, okay, let's keep going. Add a zero onto that. And tonight, you can still do this and add your number. If you haven't had the chance to do this before, we close off the first fruits for this weekend. We can close it off tonight. This enables us to be more faith-filled, more generous, even more responsive to needs and opportunities, things that God's got planned for us that we don't know what he's got planned for us just yet. And so this is why I'm blown again, because this is a very important number. Because if we, what it says about the church that you're part of here... One day soon, as we just said, we might come and talk to you about some big building plans or huge possibilities that God presents for us. And that will need massive faith. And this gives me faith like that. That you're in. That we can count on you. That we're in this together. So we should add a six onto that. And then a, a guess. What? Seven? Eight? Add a zero one. And then a one. Come on. That's a lot of money to do good, crazy stuff with for Jesus this year. So what's the most important number? I'm finishing with the most important. And I know what it is. The, the number that matters most to God, the most important number in the Bible, the most important number in the book of Numbers. The most important number of all the numbers in the book of Acts. So it has to be the most important number for the church. Get this number right, everything else adds up. Get this number wrong and it doesn't matter what else you do. You can read about this twice in Acts chapter 2. In fact, Acts 2 started with it. They got this number right and because they got this number right, the Holy Spirit was poured out in revival fire on people and they just became this incredible movement of God across the earth. So the 120 went to tens of thousands within just a few pages. Read it with me. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. That's the number that matters most to God. That's the number. That's what counts most with God. One. I had a dream in the week. A really clear dream. Like a God dream. You know, we wake up and like, that was a God dream. I was driving, I was out in the countryside somewhere and I ended up going down this road and, and the road just disappeared. I was out in the countryside, I thought oh, I'm going to have to turn around and back out and, and as I did so, suddenly there's all these people that were all coming up, all different kinds of people, young and old and at the back of some of the young people there were these older guys who were like controlling them, I could tell they were controlling them and, um, and, and I looked and some of these guys had swords and some of them had spears and some of them had, had knives and, and weapons and sticks and they were going out into the countryside and I was like what is this? What's going on? And I just heard this voice, and I believe it was the Lord, just said to me, fascism is on the rise fastest in Britain. And it was like, but it's in secret. There's, a, there's communities, anti-community communities, secretly on the rise in this country that want to destroy, that want to divide, that want to turn us against one another. That's the reality. So we're called to be one in the opposite spirit of that. You see, something I love about Ivy, unlike those people who want to work for division and racism and to separate people, those who want to stir up hate, those who want to plot and plan in secret, God is creating in rooms like this among us a group of people who come from many different nations, many different backgrounds, different socio-economic groups, ethnically diverse, racially diverse, nationally diverse, politically diverse, all kinds of opinions around stuff like Brexit or whatever, you name it. And we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we have an enemy, don't we? We do have an enemy. And he wants nothing more than for us to let our guard down and for us to let differences divide us. For grudges, gossips, grumbles, to get in. Why? Because there's nothing he fears more on the earth than a church that is one. That number almost scares the hell out of him. If you say, we have a hundred people going to church, 
That number doesn't bother the devil. If you say here at Ivy, some weeks we've had up to a thousand people gathering a day across the sites going to church. That number doesn't bother him at all. He still chuckles. As he offsets his losses against a city of 2.3 million people and a world of 7 billion. He says, I've got you down now to under 5% of the population in the UK going to church. He compares heaven's gains with all the go-to churches he helped to slowly die this year. And the ones that didn't really preach a gospel. The ones who had a form of godliness but no power. He counts every leaving member, every closing church, every bitter division, every split, and he rubs his horny hands with glee. But there's one number that makes every demon in hell tremble. What did Jesus pray for us? What did he pray for Ivy Church for this year? He could have prayed for anything. He's going to heaven. Last thing he's going to do, he wants to pray for you and for me. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that... Say it again. Acts 2.1 says 120 of them were all together of one accord. So they're unstoppable. So the Holy Spirit falls and the walls tumble down and they all go out onto the streets and they're all speaking the language of heaven in ways that people from every nation can understand. And it's all about Jesus. Acts 2.44, all the believers were together and shared everything with one another. There were over 5,000 by then, plus 120 of them. What number does that make? One. As God accelerates us, the enemy will try and do anything he can to split up the one. The oneness. This is the most important number in Ivy. One. And every one of us has to play our part and pray our part and love our part and guide our part and protect above all else, so that the world may believe. And so that however many the Lord adds to us as we accelerate, and I believe that's going to happen this year, Jesus prayed that we would be one. That's what matters most. All one in Christ Jesus. So in a moment, if you're going to be one of the one, here or even at home, I'm going to ask you to pop your hand and put one little finger up like that. I was praying for it. I was like, there's something here, Lord, and I've got a revelation, I need it. And in the week, you're gonna believe, you won't believe where these, these kind of things come from. Zoe passed me a chocolate finger. <laughs> and I was like, that's it! That's it! And, you know, when you've got an illustration that, that tastes good. So, just so you know what we're going to pray, I'll tell you, because it's a big serious prayer. It's not to be entered into lightly. I don't want anybody saying this and not meaning it, because God's listening and he might think you do. I'm going to ask you in a moment to put one finger up, like this, if you're going to pray and commit to this. The prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus, you prayed that we might be one. I want my life to be an answer to your prayer. Here at Ivy Church this year, I come to you. I devote myself to be with my brothers and sisters here, to go for you wherever you send me to help others find their way back to you. I commit to love and serve you and them. Give gladly, faithfully and generously. Pray for the leaders and protect the unity, the oneness at all times, so the world might believe. Count me in. I am one. Amen. Now the thing is, as you read that, it was like you were praying it anyway. So God probably thinks you already did. <laughs> so you might as well, if you're able to, stand and we'll do it. And in a moment, just ask you to put up, a, put up the, the holy finger like that and, and say, I'm in. It's that kind of one thing up there in a minute. That's it. See, the church we compare ourselves against, we're all one. One faith, one baptism, one saviour, one Lord Jesus Christ. One church, one vision, one purpose, one passion. One mission, one team, one ivy, one family. God is calling us all here to accelerate 
as one. And when we do that, all of us tonight making Jesus number one, we can dream even bigger, love even stronger, and change the world even better in 2017, the year of acceleration. So wiggle the finger, <laughs> and then we're going to pray together. Let's pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, you prayed that we might be one. I want my life to be an answer to your prayer here at Ivy Church this year. I come to you. I will be with my brothers and sisters here and go for you wherever you send me to help others find their way back to you. I devote myself to love and serve you and them. Give gladly, faithfully and generously. Pray for the leaders and protect the unity, the oneness at all times, so the world might believe. Count me in. I am one. And everybody said, Amen. Yes! Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.